This is Bill and Dave's Excellent Podcast, episode number 49. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Bill and Dave Show. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Bill and Dave Show. And I'm not going to beat around the bush this time around with some small talk here at the top of the show, because I've got a very special guest on the phone. Uh, She's funny, she's talented, she's an actress, a writer, a producer, she is an author, she's a board-certified life coach, she's a scream queen, you may know her as Ms. Vampy. We've got the one and only Brooke Lewis on the phone. Brooke, welcome to the show. Dave, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a fun show. And where's Bill? Oh, Bill's, he's hes uh, the man behind the uh, dashboard over here, so he doesn't really talk too much. But he's here, he's here, he's waving. <laughs> tell, tell him I said hello. All right, we'll, we'll do, we'll do. Um, first of all, I just want to congratulate you, because I know... Uh, we definitely want to promote the new book, Coaching from a Professed Hot Mess, which is pretty interesting in itself for a title. But uh, did I, I am I reading this right? You debuted at number one in uh, Etiquette and Guides and Advice on Amazon? Yes, for like a while. Yes, it was amazing. I hit number one hot new releases in Etiquette, Guides, and Advice. And uh, just, there's like two different categories. And yes, that is correct. That's so awesome. Congratulations. So so the book, Coaching from a Professed Hot Mess. So uh, tell me a little bit about this. I didn't get a chance to read it yet. I was reading about it. But uh, what, 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 uh, what went behind the, the idea of writing a book like this? And no worries that you haven't read it yet. And it's such a simple book to read. So whenever you have time, but it's really such a kind of like a chick flip book, but not, you know, and guys, funny enough, are loving it, which makes me so happy. You know, what really kind of brought it all together for me, and it's what sort of lights the fire under my butt in a lot of creative situations was frustration. And it was the kind of thing where for years, you know, I'm always, I'm one of those artists and creatives and actresses who feel like I always have to reinvent myself and I'm always somehow proving myself again and again and again, which I guess is how any artist really sustains for years and years and years. So I had been, there's nothing like I haven't done, no stone unturned. And after I went back to to the Life Purpose Institute to become a board-certified life coach many years ago, I was asked to write for different blogs, write for different magazines, write for different, all different things. I was doing a lot of the talk show circuit, morning show circuit, and writing up, you know, typing up for hours on end, like talking points for different subjects. And then all of a sudden I had like file after file of very valuable coaching information. And the irony, again, like the thing that kind of inspires me or moves me a lot, unfortunately, are the things that kind of test me and challenge me. So a lot of the times, right, and that happens for a lot of people, like, and I also get positive inspiration, but a lot of it, again, is I'm just one of those people that, like, you tell me no, and it moves me even more to do it, to prove you wrong, you know? Right, right. So, right? So what ends up happening was, like, some of the talk show circuits were like, well, we love her. Her videos are great. She's amazing. But, you know, well, does she have a book? We can't bring her on the show without a book. Or And it just seemed to be sort of the trend a lot of times, you know, with a lot of the big, big coaches now in any arena. And I respect them and admire them so. And it's such a such a competitive field, you know, sure. like acting, go figure. I choose, you know, two careers that are the most competitive. And so the people who had the books really were the ones getting more of the attention. So I'm like, I've got it. I've got it here. I just need to write and vent out a little more. And so I did. And I took my most proud and valuable information and all the stuff that I studied, researched, did my due diligence on different topics. And The book was born. I had just gotten super fed up and I'm like, I need to share this with the world and I need to do something and compile something in a big red bow just for me. Sure. sure. And in turn, share it with you. Now, did you, did you have any issues like as, as an author, did you have any, any issues with people taking you seriously? Like here's Miss Vampy and obviously uh, a lovely young lady and you've got videos and, and obviously an actress. But as an author, I, I would think that that's probably a tough, uh, a tough field to get into. Did you have any issues with that, like people not taking you seriously as an author? Um, I think because I think had I, uh, unfortunately, I think had I just been an actress producer and that 
part of my persona, it may have been a little more challenging, but I think because I also am a board certified life coach and sure. dating expert and have done, you know, so many years of with a legitimate award winning business that it definitely, definitely gives me more credibility. However, I will address that on the flip side. I think that because the title that I chose, you know, coaching from a professed hot mess, I do think that some people have a tough time taking that seriously. And those probably are not my readers, you know, sure. because what you, right, you know what I'm saying, Dave? Yeah, like, that's fair. What you'll find in, totally, right? Like, what you'll find in my book is authenticity, is honesty, is truth, is self, self, you know, deprecation, and I own it. Like, that's what it was really about. It was about one day I'm sitting here, and everyone's going, well, you're an expert without a book. How could that be? And I actually had had published on Kindle a year prior, which we can talk about if you want to later, but Ms. Vampy's Teen Talk, there's a lot of power in your choices for teen girls. And then I published it through the publisher after coaching from a professed top net. So I actually had really sort of quote-unquote authored a book before, but nothing to this degree or magnitude that was actually with a publishing company sure. and yada, yada, yada. So I think that... If you're someone who's looking for hardcore, you know, metaphysical, spiritual advice and you want me to be like your Tony Robbins, I'm not that. Right. You know, I'm more of, right, I'm like, here's my hot mess. I've been through hell and back. I still will continue to go through hell and back. It's called life. It's challenging. And if we can all just stop trying so hard and trying to be perfect and trying to do everything, like that is one of my life challenges, trying to be good, do good, do everything right. And when we do that, sometimes we fail and sometimes we have like high standards and expectations that are unrealistic. And so I'm sharing that with the world. Like I'm a hot mess and I own it. And you have the right to own yours, too. So mine is so much just, like, fun and, and all kinds of my hot messes from my personal life, to my career, to my dating life. That's awesome. And I love the fact that uh, you're a life coach. And, and, and going through some of these, like the, the teen talk, I, I love the, the, mm-hmm. the, the idea behind that. Especially nowadays uh, with social, social media, teens in general, especially, um, you know, young women, I'm sure, you know, just having your whole life you know, there's a generation of people growing up now where their whole life is on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, and that's a lot to take. That's a lot, a lot to take in for an adult, but for a young adult, it, it seems like a lot of pressure. Um, do you do you get a lot of feedback from 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 that series from uh, from young adults just on how that's maybe helped them or or some advice they've taken from it? <laughs> Absolutely. And again, you know, this the talk show series that we did was a few years back, and now I'm in development with an actual scripted show for teen girls and, you know, praying every day that it does get picked up. And I think it's so important because it has so much meaning. And when we did the show, I mean, we, you know, I hired a casting director, Allison Buck, and we auditioned for three days, actually. And we really wanted to get a grasp and grip on what teen girls struggle with, you know, and what issues they really struggle with. And so when we did the show, we made sure we covered some really, you know, sort of hard topics. And it was interesting because I learned so much and I really did. I had teen girls, I had parents emailing me. I remember one thing that sticks out in my mind always to this day was, you know, and I support the LGBT community a lot. And one thing was funny enough, I had a horror fan because, you know, I'm a scream queen too. And I had a horror fan who, a dad who was, you know, who knows how old he was. And he had a 16 year old daughter and the 16 year old daughter was a lesbian and was afraid to come out. Her mother was like a devout, Christian, you know, God-fearing woman and thought that her daughter was a sinner, you know, Uh. and so the girl went and she came out to her mother and apparently it's such a crazy story, but the mother and her stepfather like tied her up and beat her and she, yeah, it was horrible. And the father actually emailed me and said, you know, I just have to tell you, my daughter watched your talk show, teen talk show, Ms. Nancy's teen talk. And it changed her perspective. It like made her feel like she 
belonged and it was okay to be different. And after what her mother and stepfather did, I can't thank you enough. And he said, would you do me a big favor and go post something on my daughter's video? She came out and posted it on YouTube. And so, of course, I did in Ms. Vampy character and let her know that she was loved and supported and is perfect just the way she is. And I think that's my theme from my teen talk show with Ms. Vampy, from my Ms. Vampy teen book, from Coaching for Breast Stop Mess, from me, from my crazy acting career and my coaching business, you know, and my crazy dating life in the past. Like, it's, it is all about being imperfect and being perfectly imperfect and stop trying to be perfect and I have to remind myself every day even at my age and so I think it's so important for young people young guys and girls you know but especially teen girls because what you said it's a different world now I mean you're right everything is digital everything is social media that is how these kids value themselves now I know by how many like right like by the likes you get on every Instagram photo and how many people are following you on Snapchat and there is such an absence of true intimacy, of true friendship. They think they're your friends because they follow you on Facebook, you're a friend, quote unquote. And that's not the way it was meant to be. No, You know, no. there is true intimacy and trust and loyalty and elements that even at my age as an adult, I mean, I feel are lacking sometimes in some of my relationships, you know, where everybody has an agenda and it's really a tough time to be in this universe <laughs> oh yeah it's it's not easy and, and everything's magnified and you know especially you know for for young people that you know you can post something online it just doesn't go away you know you might delete a status but you know with screenshots and this that and the other it's hard to escape things and and it's and it's i can't imagine what it's like to to grow to grow up nowadays you know and it's just uh a different world than, than, you know, and, and I'm in my early thirties, so I'm not that far removed, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a, I've got a kid who's, uh, you know, in his mid to late teens and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough to, uh, to be that age and, uh, to navigate through what's real and, and what, what, what should be meaningful and what isn't. So it's great that you, that you, that you're able to offer some advice and, and, and just, uh, a voice for some people. I think that's awesome. Thank you. I think, thank you so much. And I really think we need more of it. We need a lot more of it in Hollywood. We need a lot more of it for the teens to see, whether it is on YouTube, whether it is on TV, on, you know, all the gazillions of cable networks now. Um, I really do, because you're 100% right. These kids and adults do it too, and I am so guilty of it. We put value, it's really in my intro in my book, because I say, when did I wake up to this world? When did I wake up to, on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database now, which used to be one of the most valuable tools for legitimate professional actors and producers, etc., and now I won't even get seen to audition for a role because if I'm not in the top 10,000 on the ranking system that week, then the casting director is not allowed to bring me in. Oh, geez. You know, when did I... I'm not kidding. When did I... I speak about this a lot. Like, when did I become valuable, you know... I mean, again, even with we, you know, the girls will tell you a cat's PR. I mean, there's branding deals now for celebrities all the time. And I get contacted constantly, you know, DM'd and will you rep our clothing line? Will you do this? Will you do that? And then they say, okay. And I say, well, talk to my reps and also let me know the pay. Well, right. as soon as you hit 1 million followers on Twitter, Brooke, <laughs> then we'll pay you a lot of money. Like oh, it's geez. that insane yes so there goes you know a 20-year career of mine out the window you know and then you've got the younger generation who can pop in and become a youtube sensation in a week and they're just raking it in so there's no rhyme or reason anymore for a lot in this industry and i don't mean to sound like a debbie downer because i'm not and that's what inspires me to fight back and then find other avenues and find other ways to make it work yeah, you know it's funny because I I, I, I talk to comedians about this and we, and we've talked to other people just about how you can work and work you know in on, on the stand up side you can work on a routine and work on a solid hour and go to you know open mics and nightclubs and this that and the other and and really bust your hump for years and then somebody puts a five minute clip on well Vine's no longer around but next thing you know they're they're celebrities and having. I don't want to say there's no talent in in some of that stuff because there is, but they didn't. You can say put, it. You they can say put, it. <laughs> but they don't. They don't put the work into it, you know. And 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 somebody like you, and and this is what I find interesting is just 
all the different things you're involved in and and it's not easy and then it's like winning the lottery if you have the right video on youtube or something it's pretty funny how that works out i don't yeah. get it i don't get it and i mean you turn on e and you see people that are you know famous and have a following and for what <laughs> you know that's like what that i <laughs> i certainly know and so that said on a positive note dave like then it's where, and believe me, I have to thank God I'm a life coach because I have to like coach myself every minute of every day. <laughs> and believe me, I have my own life coach. Thank you, Lori. But like, I have to remind myself every day and it's when you go, okay, you just have to stay true to yourself, to your heart, to your soul, and to your art, whatever that may be, to your passion in life. I don't care if you're in the entertainment business or if you are in the medical field, you know, if right. you love being a nurse, right? And your passion and commitment is to help people with their illnesses, then that's what you just have to focus on. I just have to find different ways to be creative, and I certainly do, you know, and I have to stay true. And what I try to do now at this point in my life and career is I have, you know, like a theme, and it's everything we're talking about that's in all my books, and it carries over into, you know, everything I do, like from my branding with Metal Babe Mayhem, my, the clothing line I work with is Allison Metal Babe Cohen. And we try to be very, like, female empowered and girl power. And we talk a lot and create a lot about girl power. We have our hot mess clothing line. And then Tosh Cosmetics branded me last year. And she and I, I mean, everything with her stuff is all natural. And she and I really are committed to, you know, teaching women and teen girls with our makeup brands. To We both have this vampy girl and we have Professor Hot Mess. And we try to, like, constantly do taglines and slogans and posts about, you know, loving yourself from the inside out. Inner beauty creates outer beauty. You know, blessings, you can bless yourself with both inner and outer beauty. And that's, like, all. So I try to find themes and everything I do and all my messages some way, somehow, so I can stay true to myself. Sure, sure. That That's, I mean, that's. That's that's a great example on on just that's all you can do right in the end is just be true to yourself and 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 things work out. One thing I want to get back to though, and this is I was re I was just kind of doing some research. Um, so you're from Philly, right? I don't think I'm getting originally. Anything. I yeah. am yeah, Philly in Jersey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so you you moved from Philly to New York, which is a that's a big move. I I know it's not you know going across the country yet, but New York's a, mm -hmm. a big scary city. Um, and at some, uh -huh. at some point, um, and I'm trying to put the timeline together. Uh, you, you were in Tony and Tina's wedding, the uh, off Broadway, Tony and Tina's wedding. They've done, they've done that, a version of that out here. Um, how did you get into theater where it was acting something all, you've always done prior to going to New York or did you go out there to explore theater? I did. I had done it actually in all through high school. I had done musical theater. I was a singer dancer or trying to be, I should say, sure. <laughs> when I was young. And I, yeah, I started in high school in theater and did the school shows, the community theater. And then I said, that's it. I was got to law school and went, forget this. This is so not following my heart. <laughs> Might be the way to make money, but it's not following my heart. And I just went right to New York, not knowing anyone. And funny enough, I had, it, it was actually funny, I got a job immediately, put in an application because it was down the street from my apartment and worked at the Hard Rock Cafe, New York City, as a hostess. Nobody knows that, so now your you're <laughs> listeners do. And it was great. And like within a couple weeks, I think, we were all sitting there one day at the Hard Rock Cafe in our break and looking at backstage, which is like the place to look for auditions in New York, or was back in the day. And an opening opens, it says equity theater, equity contract, you know, it's like a thousand bucks a week. And I'm like right out of college at 21. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> and I go, I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was the first, first role that had opened for a female in like eight years or something. Cause that crazy show has been running since the eighties. Oh yeah. And I went, right. And I went. And talk about, you know, it's funny how they always say the old cliche, it's all who you know. I ended up knowing the girl who played Tina. And so, not that I didn't, and believe you me, I got no special treatment. I had six callbacks to producers. It went on for weeks. 
weeks. Wow. They kept bringing, calling me back, calling me back, and I'd be, you know, competing against, or I hate the word competing, but I'd be auditioning with the same women over and over again. And listen, maybe just the fact that I knew Tina, and maybe she put in a good word for me, or and maybe that got me over the hump, I don't know. But I ended up getting the equity contract, and I did that show, and I always call it my little big break, because it really was. Here I was right out of college, young in New York City, doing an equity show, one of the longest running off-Broadway shows in history, which I know was in Chicago, too, for a long time. And I'm like, it was crazy. It was like, I am living large. Like, I had agents, like, coming to the show and, like, wanting to sign me on the spot. I mean, it was really every actor's dream. It's kind of how in Hollywood you want to get a TV series. Or in New York, you want to get, like, a Broadway or off-Broadway show. Sure. And so I did the show for three years straight, and it really changed my life and career in every way and, and that's what i and and i kind of was i don't know at what point did you start working on the uh miss vampy character because i'm picking up a little bit of uh like a like a like a little a bit theme? Of, yeah a yeah theme? yeah and i and i love <laughs> good it job, babe. You're, good. You're, you're a good detective well let's, listen i mean i'm a total ethnic girl from the east coast yes you know i'm italian and so I, again, you know, we have to embrace, we want to embrace our authentic being, who we are, you know, and everything. And so, you know, I'm proud to be an East Coaster. I'm proud to be sassy and funky and smart and street smart, and you know, just like Chicago. And let me tell you, I love Chicago. I've been <laughs> to Chicago many times. I've been on your WGN morning show. Isn't that the one? Yeah, yeah, they're the best. The big one. Yeah, I was on there. Uh, Harry Manfredini and I went when we were representing Eye Murders back in like 2009, and we did a couple segments that week on the show because we had won the Chicago Horror Film Festival. Oh, right on! So, right anyway, on. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chicago. <laughs> big, big fan. So we can talk about that again later. But back to the monster stuff. Really, before I ever even imagined, and I was just like a horror fan before I ever could have imagined becoming like a known screen queen, I started really, you know, in a lot of indie films in New York, which were very kind of mobster-esque, and I've always been a big fan of Goodfellas and, you know, The Godfather, and so that's been, you know, other than my screen queen persona and Ms. Vampy, part of my whole career. I mean, a lot of it, like I was one of many producers and actresses in the movie Sinatra Club, but that was once I had moved to LA. But back in New York, yeah. I mean, I did a film called Pride and Loyalty that was sort of a mobster crime drama. And so that's kind of been my theme. And that's kind of how Ms. Vampy was born when I had been asked to do this like crazy app back in 2008. Nobody was even doing apps back then. And they wanted my company, Philly Chick Pictures, to produce it. And they were making all these great like propositions. But of course, no money. And they just had this crazy idea for me to be the sort of like playmate vampire. And I'm like, that is so not my me and my persona. Like, <laughs> no. But I thought they were onto something. And that's when the web series had really started. Started. So that's how Ms. Vampy was born. When I had this marketing company that did, wanted to do this app in Webster's with me, and I went, nope. But then my producing partners at the time and I figured, we'll do it ourselves. And we were, I was like, but I have to make sure it's my essence, whatever character I'm going to create. And I had always been obsessed with Elvira and the nanny, of course. The sure. nanny is like my icon, <laughs> right? And yep. Mona and my cousin Vinny. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to look at the body of my most known work as an actress. And it was, at that time, comedy, mobster movies, and horror. And so that's kind of how Ms. Vampy was born. And that's she's a comedic Brooklyn vampire, mobster vampire with a heart of gold <laughs> and positive messages. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, MsVampy.net is where you go to check out the, the series. And, and it's really easy to navigate. The videos are great. And the character's so fun. And I always love this thought of Aww. this cre creating a character and then, you know, just doing different things. Like if I was, if I was to see this character uh, in a different setting other than, than the video series, I would never picture you doing this with that character, and I, I think it's the greatest. I think it's original, and it's it's fun to watch. And you know the 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 the, the video clips are they're not they're not long. You can kind of breeze through them. I I thought it was mm -hmm. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Aw, thank you, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> and I think that's half the battle, you know, with Hollywood is like they don't know what to do with her, the character. You know, it's like they want like believe me. I mean, I've had offers over the years to do horror films with her and to make her more ditzy and to you know push up her boobs more. And but that's not what I created her to be. You know, it's just not. So I'm sticking to what I know 
she can be. And that could be something extraordinary and definitely to help teen girls. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And I love the fact too when you do it when you when you go the route that you did is you have total total control over it, right? Nobody can can tell you there's not a network that can come down and say, "Well, you should do this or that or the other." Um, you can totally keep control over it, which is always the most important thing in my eyes. I think when you come up with oh, something babe, like that, I wish yeah. it were true. I mean, <laughs> yes, you're right on YouTube and stuff. And when I do my own my own web series, you're a hundred percent right. But guess what? It gets scary. Oh, let me share with your listeners. I've actually had some TV networks who have said, "Oh, well, we know. Oh, this is so great, and we know who we can cast as Miss Vampy." And of course, they want to go with like some you know twenty year old, nineteen year old, like little girl. Who, like you don't get this at all you know so you never know but i will hold out i would never let that happen you know yeah it's it's something when you come up with something that original you never it's just you kind of take ownership of it right it's like your it's like your kid it's like ah you can't do that you can't cast this person absolutely (laughs) well it's me i mean ms vandy is me you know so it's like that would be first of all guess what all you tv networks out there i challenge you to find someone who's a play ms vandy better than i because she is me (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely for sure um, so, so at what point then do you did do you come up with uh, with uh, Philly Chick Pictures? Is that before the Miss Vampy character came out, or was that kind of around the same time? Way before. You know Way what? Before. I had been so blessed to make a living as an actress in New York for four years right out of college, and then I moved here, and the first like year I couldn't get arrested. So, which happens to a lot of people. You know, it's you're with a new agency, everything is fresh and new, and. I was like, what is going on? So I kept going back to New York to act in films that I had worked with directors before. And then I'm here and I'm like, okay, you know what? I need to like start. And this was before now. I know every actress is doing it, but this was a long time ago. Like I was like, I need to create my own stuff. Like I have to be creative and I have to keep working. So I started, I took some producing courses and I was taking a bunch of like weekend producing courses and stuff. And then I offered to help friends who are making short films and films. I was like, you know what? I want to help produce. I want to learn. I want to learn the ropes. And I really, really learned like hands-on. I did take a lot of classes though. But then I learned hands-on from watching people do it, from doing it myself and assisting and working for free and paying my dues. And then I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this. And I'm actually like a natural like a natural born producer, which I, I wish I wasn't, but I am. <laughs> and all I want to do is act, you know, but somehow I keep, you know, everything else keeps pulling me back in. But, um, so then I created Philly Chick Pictures. And for a long time, I was working with a production company who I had acted in their films for years in New York. And we were, I was sort of the LA liaison and they were the New York liaison. And that's when we started to really do some decent stuff. That's when we did the movie Polycarp that I starred in with. It was like a mystery thriller horror with Michael Perret from Eddie and the Cruisers and Charles Durning, Rest to Soul, from Dog Day Afternoon. And it really kind of took off from there. Like, we had, I had done a bunch of shorts, and then we decided to do a feature. And it's I learned the hard way. I mean, that film in particular, for any real film lovers out there, we created the script. They, they wrote the role for me in 2000. It was actually right after Saw. The first Saw came out, and I was at Sundance, and I was like, okay, they are on to magic. Like, this is going to be this, this psychological thriller horror is going to be the hot thing, and I was 100% right, and I went back to the company in New York and told them, and I was like, write a film. We're going to write me one of the lead roles. We're going to surround me with named indie actors, and that's how I got put on the map as a screen queen, and so that was like the first real feature stuff with Philly Chick Pictures after doing a bunch of shorts. And that was like 2004. We did not make that film until end of 06. So you're talking and beginning of 07, really you're talking three years. So that is what it takes. I mean, and the stories I found the script to Sinatra club at a Halloween party, 2004. We shot the film after we raised the million five shot in 2009 and the film was distributed and came out in 2011 wow (laughs) okay so again all you film lovers and filmmakers out there you know what i'm saying and you know to make it decent and you're talking you're not even talking big big budgets you're talking anywhere from a half a million to a million five and that's how long it takes to make a decent film or at least it used to i don't know these days it seems like everybody's popping them out in a year yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe like with technology, it maybe makes it 
a little easy, a little, a little easier to get the equipment to make something look professional. But I still think there's, you know, the writing of the script and the casting and the rewriting of the script, and I think there's a lot that goes on in raising money, right? Because this stuff, it's not cheap to 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 make a film. Um, you know, shorts. It is. Yeah. Shorts maybe you can get away with, but to to do a a, a a featured film and you know the permits that go around with it, if you're not going through a studio and you're going to do some on location stuff, I can't. It's 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 difficult, I'm sure. I mean, I'm I'm not in that in that world, but it just seems like a headache. Mm-hmm. It seems like an absolute. It is headache. a nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> you just heard me talk about seven years of my life on for Sinatra Club. I mean, truly, it is so challenging. But again. You do it because you love it, and I did it for so many years because I just wanted to make sure I had good roles to act in that weren't being offered to me, so I had to create opportunities, and yeah, but it is so hard, and now after, you know, it used to be much easier to raise money before the economy crashed and ever since, and now it's been a long time, but much more challenging, but you're right. I mean, there's definitely, definitely equipment that from the digital era, I mean, we shot our first few films on 35 millimeter film, which is unheard of now. So now it's much easier and much cheaper, but, but I still stand behind the fact that true professional filmmakers and even the lower budget, you know, half a million films or a couple hundred thousand films I've done, like with my I got to give props to a couple of my directors, like Neil Johnson, big sci-fi director who started out in the UK. That man can make low-budget films look like $10 million films with the CGI he does. Like oh, he did, wow. I acted in his, yeah, I did his Starship Rising and Starship Apocalypse series. And I mean, they're low-budget films, but they look, the quality is so much better. But my point to bring it up is it took him, I mean, we shot in... 2012 and the Starship Rising, I'm trying to think, released end of 2014. Starship Apocalypse got released end of 2015. So, wow. you know, you're talking two to three years, and that's if you're at same thing with, the, I was just with my wonderful director, Mark Klebanoff, who I acted in his films, Gerald and The Morning. The Morning was another really good mystery sci-fi I did with Dominique Swain, who I love. I was with them at a premiere Friday night. And, like, again, we shot The Morning in 2012, and it came out beginning of 2015. So I still think that true filmmakers and people who really take the time to post it properly, even at a low budget, do it right. You know, this whole, like, nonsense of let's just swap it together, that does not fly with me that I can't deal with that. If you're going to do that, why do it, right? You want to do it right and and have a good product, right? If you're not going to – well, are you – would you consider yourself like a perfectionist? Like – Oh my gosh, totally, <laughs> like crazy, crazy, which is why my challenge in life is to try to not be so perfect all the time, so, <laughs> totally, so, it's so, not possible. So, so with that said, then when, when Sinatra Club comes out and, you know, you know, there's always, you know, there's obviously I'm sure there's good feedback and then there's always some, some bad feedback, no matter what you do, right? We get it all the time mm-hmm. here, but... Um, mm-hmm. But uh, how do you how do you handle the the criticism when you put so much in seven years of your life or or whatever it is? Does does that really get to you, or are you able just to let that kind of roll off your back a little bit? I love that question because I'm such a perfectionist and because I am so super super sensitive. Like I don't even know how I've made it this long in this business because I'm so sensitive. Um, it used to, to be honest, it used to kill me. Like any time I would get even like a bad acting review, it would just me for days. I've chosen to move past it faster. I've learned ways to get past it faster. And most importantly, like my great PR girls and any PR people will tell you, don't even read it. Don't right. read the crap. Don't read the negativity. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get sucked into it because it does happen. And as you know, it does happen more than ever now because everybody has a freaking voice oh, yeah. on social media and on the internet, right? And they hide behind their computer screen. And I call it like computer courage, you know, where suddenly they have, they just want to tear you down. You know, it's hard and it still gets to me, but, but when you are creating art, you know, it's going to be subjective. There are going to be people. It's so funny too. Like I think about some of my performances that challenge me, like the movie I murders. It's probably not my best acting work and for various reasons. And, and my director, Robbie Bryan, who I love and I talk about it all the time. And like, you know, I look and I go, okay. And I got tr- 
crashed in several reviews as an actress. And then there are a handful of people, and I've gotten more fans from that movie than ever before, that say, Brooke, I loved you and I murdered the my favorite role you've ever done. You were so amazing and you're so talented. So it's so crazy and so subjective that you have to go, you know, if, you know, human nature, and I say this all the time, like leads us to, if you read 10 reviews and nine are amazing and that one is crappy and puts you down, you know, criticizes you, whatever you do, you're like, you focus on that one, you know? And right. so that's where I'm, working really hard and that's where I have to life coach myself and go, okay, seriously now, Brooke, you just got nine people who told you you looked beautiful in that red carpet photo and one idiot who had to tear you down. And then we get to choose who we give our power to. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, good rule of thumb is if their profile picture is a, is an egg, then that's probably a good one to ignore. Right. I hate those. Those are the worst. But I mean, hey, you were—you know, Billy D. Williams was in I was was in I Murders with you, so you know it's you know he's he's a guy who's been around, right? Going back to even what Star Wars, I think, and and uh, oh yeah, Lando Calrissian. Was it Lando Calrissian? Am I saying it right? I can't. I always mess it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something he, like that. Yeah. Oh my God. I murders was like. I mean, we. I had. I was play detective partners opposite Candyman Tony Todd. We had William Forsythe from Once Upon a Time in America, Gabrielle Anwar from Burn Notice, Incent of a Woman, Margaret Cohen, who's you know in everything, um, who's now on Shades of Blue. I mean, it was a Charles Journey again, at just a great Frank Grillo from the Purge movies and everything. Like, what a great cast. Oh what yeah. What a great cast. And so. Yeah, and so I think when you are kind of, like, playing with the big boys, it's that much more challenging. You know, you're putting yourself out there. Like, you. it's funny, I'll share this real quickly with you and the listeners because I think they'll enjoy it. I was at, I came back and I was at a Super Soul session, one of Oprah's spiritual retreat she does last Thursday. And Tony Robbins was speaking at the end for the last hour. I mean, it was the top, top, you know, speakers and he said he was talking about Oprah and he was talking to people about like you know worrying caring about what others think which I do and so he said I remember he said look at Oprah he said you know when you get to that level of fame and public figure status you know like you put yourself out there and then on the flip side the negative part of it is you become a target so that's what we do, whether it's in, you know, movie business or what you guys are doing. You know, Dave, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself out there. You're, get, you're getting into the public eye. And therefore, there are going to be people who are going to attack you. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, that's... Right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It doesn't matter what you do. And there's, it's always people that are just... I think there's. I think you, 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 you put it best, computer courage. There's just people that they say things and... It's just more vicious, I think, online. And, you know, knowing that they'd never say that to your face if they saw you, like, uh-huh. on carpet. Yep. Or in, and how does it make you feel? Here, I'm going to go life coach on you. How yeah. does it make you feel? You know what? For for me, I've always been just a I, – I never let that stuff get to me. You know, just roll with the positive. Luckily, we haven't had too much negative feedback, maybe just some, some ball busting, if you will. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, what I usually do is I'll look at it and say, well, maybe they got a point, but I'm not going to change what we do here. And we'll just, you know, there's people that will like it and people that won't. And if they don't like it, they can find something else to like, right? That's right. And you're going to continue doing the show, correct? Yeah, absolutely. How come? Because I think it just get, I here, I think, uh, I think the show gets better and better. We'll have, you know, they can't all be great, but uh, the ones that aren't, you just move on to the next one. You know, podcasts are so easy too. It's like, uh, you know, cause you have a little bit more freedom. It's not live radio, but for, for this show, the one thing that's probably a little different than others is that we, we don't edit it and it's out there. And if it's, if it's one that's not that good or not as good as another one, we don't edit it or take it down. We leave it out there. It's, you know, it, it is mm-hmm. what it is and have fun with it. And how come you personally will continue? You know, for me, it's fun. It's a, it's a creative outlet, right? And uh, uh-huh. it's it's nice to create and and maybe get to talk to new people and expose an audience to new people and expose our show to maybe a new audience. It's uh, it's it's a fun uh, a, a fun arena to play in. I, I should say. 
I love it. Great answer. And I think the, the best thing that I could take from that is you sharing that it's fun. It's fun for you and you yeah. love it. And that's awesome. And that's why you're going to do it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It does. It doesn't, you know, and, and I love the be you and be fearless. So that's uh, kind of a reoccurring theme in our conversation and, and the be you and be fearless life coach.com. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to get to in talking to you is was how, how did you what made you decide so you were acting and 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 in and, and musicals and and producing and and then you become a board certified life coach so where does that fit into this stuff <laughs> two quick answers one as we said before I had been acting and producing and making a nice living doing it for years and then the economy crashed in like 0809. And I, our investors, pulled out of our production company and out of our film. And I was like, wow, for the first time in my adult life, I need to come up with another plan. And that, and at the same time, we had just done the Ms. Vampy in 2011. We had just done the Ms. Vampy teen series. And we were getting a lot of great attention for it. And again, every time I was going in or interviewing for a talk show, they would say, well, I don't know. This is amazing. But... Does she have a book? But is she a life coach? Is she a therapist? Is she a psychotherapist? Is she, what is she? What is she, you know, what's her, what's her credentials? And here I have two college degrees, one being, you know, rhetoric and communications, interpersonal communications and behavior. So, but that didn't matter. And so I went, okay, well, here I go hitting another challenge, another wall in my life and career. I am going to go get credentials. And I took off and took off an entire year of acting. And the thing I love the most, yeah, I went back to school to become a board-certified life coach. Took the boards with therapists, passed somehow, and I am a board-certified life coach. And I launched the UMB Fearless Life Coach. And, you know, is it my full-time business? Obviously not, you know, because I take off to go do movies. And acting is my heart, soul, and everything. And so is Ms. Vampy. But as you see, like you said, and I love that you keep pulling up at these themes, be you and be fearless. And I have to do that, remind myself, that's like my morning mantra every day. Because it's scary out there. Life is challenging. End of story. You know, so I combine everything and it's great. And now when I go in, it's so crazy. But now when I go into pitch meetings and stuff, they love the fact these TV shows and talk shows and even all the reality shows. I've had a couple big reality shows in development over the last few years. They love the fact that I'm a board certified life coach because it gives me the credibility, you know, and sure. so that's big. And then, yeah, and now the book and the clothing and the branding, and it's all kind of coming together in a great way. And so that's, that's how, that's why <laughs> So I coach <laughs> and I do speaking engagements and I do everything that I can and that I'm asked to do. And really, I, I do love it. I love it. But acting is like my, you know, true soul. Well, I'll tell you what, you probably are the busiest person we've ever had on with all the things you're into. You got the makeup line, the clothing line, and uh, um, we got to make sure we get the the Twitter handle out there. It's at Brooke Lewis LA. Um, And, uh, you know, the website, brooklewis.com. I'm guessing you can go there and kind of find everything, but, um, but, you know, there's there's MsVampy.net, there's uh, BU and BeFearlessLifeCoach.com. There's uh, phillychickpictures.com, but you know if you just go to go to go to her Twitter and you're gonna find probably anything you need to find right there. And uh, obviously the book, Coaching from a Professed Hot Mess, you can get it on uh, Amazon, iTunes, BarnesandNoble.com. Um, Brooke, it's been such a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure. And I hope to have you on soon again. And uh, um, it's exciting to follow you. You got a lot of stuff in the works. Um, is there is there anything else that we that we can promote that you have coming up? You're so sweet, and thank you for all your kind words. I appreciate that very much. Um, two quick things. One, one quick shout out I have to give because you know that we have just been crushing it, and I say it humbly and gratefully. We've been crushing it at the film festivals and award shows this last year, and we're stepping into what we've already had an amazing 2017. So I just want to shout out to a short film that I executive produced and was one of the producers on and starred in opposite Ricky Dean Logan from the Nightmare on Elm Street fame and um, and also Back to the Future. He's awesome, my talented team partner, written for me and directed by one of my best friends who's 
super amazing. Stacey Lane Wilson, also produced by Bryce Campbell. Shout out to everybody. And so we are hitting the festival circuit hard this year. Hopefully, we may end up in Chicago at some point, so I will let you guys know for sure. Oh, please do. And we... I will, and maybe we can even come in studio or something. I will definitely let tell the girls let you know. So everybody, keep a lookout for Psychotherapy. It's a short film, but it's really good, and I'm so grateful. I've already won like two Best Actress awards for it. We won Best Thriller. Stacy won Best Idea in Italy at an Italy Mediterranean Festival. I mean, it's just been. We actually just the other day, so you're getting it first. Won the Best Short Film Competition. Thank you guys so much. And, yeah, we won an award of excellence for the film, for me as an actress, leading actress, and for Ricky as a leading actor. So wow. that's all. I just want to make sure my team knows how excited and grateful I am. That is, that's awesome, man. We'll look out for that for sure. And it's, uh, it's called Psychotherapy, huh? That's, uh, uh, where, where can we see that? Or do we have to wait for... Yeah, it's going to the festival circuit yeah. now. It started just now in January. So, yeah, we just, I just got word. Well, I, you know what? I'll shout out on your show first. So, but really on the down low, we just found out, was it two days ago, I guess, we got the official selection from Action on Film Film Festival, which is in com- like combination with the Stunt Awards in Vegas. So, we'll be in Vegas in August. And oh, there's cool. just so much. And then we're going to obviously. I, you know, I again on the down low, but we're going to be hitting a lot of the horror and genre festivals starting like August, September, so and October, obviously. So it's going to be going to be a good year. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's that's so good. Congratulations on on all of that. Wow, that's awesome. Thank Psychotherapy. you. Look it's, out it's for really it. Really been exciting. Thank you. Yes, because because again, like you said earlier, you know, it was an incredible role written specifically by Stacey for me, and I'm. So so grateful that I got to have something to really stick my teeth into and show that I can actually act, you know, and that that means the world to me. That's cool. I can't I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm checking it out now, and it, I mean, it looks it, you know, it it looks it looks from what I can see, it looks pretty damn cool, and you're winning all kinds of awards. I mean, it seems like something mm-hmm. that uh, don't sleep on that one for sure. And St- you know, Stacy's been involved mm-hmm. with a lot too, so. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll look out for that. And, uh, Brooke, congratulations. It seems like, uh, you're going to have a huge year. It's going to be the year of Brooke Lewis. And you heard it here first. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> All right, Brooke. Well, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. And again, Brooke Lewis LA on Twitter. Make sure you give her a follow and, uh, yeah, stay in touch. We'd love to have you on again. I would be honored. Thank you so much, Dave, for having you guys. It's really been a great show. And uh, shout out to all the listeners and follow me. Yes, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I will follow back. All right. Sounds good. We'll have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. 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 Well, there you go. Ms. Vampy herself, Brooke Lewis, calling into Bill and Dave's excellent podcast. Make sure you give her a follow on Twitter. It's Brooke Lewis LA on Twitter. you know, a lot of people ask, what kind of guests do you like to have on? And I always say, I like to mix it up. I like to have anybody that has something interesting to talk about. And uh, Brooke Lewis definitely hits that mark. So make sure you give her a follow and, uh, you know, keep up with her. She's very interesting, very fun. Uh, we appreciate her coming on. Um, also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bill and Dave Show, Facebook.com slash The Bill and Dave Show. Tell your friends, subscribe. It means a lot to us. Also, don't forget, uh, whatever format you're listening to us, whether it's iTunes or Google Play, there's usually some type of a rating system. A five-star rating would be great, uh, but we'll take whatever you think we deserve, and we'll be happy with that. Uh, But it all goes towards helping us get the show out in front of people, and any rating, even a bad one, I guess it means you're interacting, so that's good. Um, And maybe it just tells us we need to step our game up. So, um, yeah, we appreciate it. Give us a rating. And um, I guess that does it. Episode 49. We'll see you next time. Bye.